Hey, welcome back to the Thematic <laughs> Podcast. My name is Daniel Hunt. What's up, everybody? I'm Craig Brown. Craig Brown. Downtown Craig Brown. You can have a radio voice. Thanks, everybody. Welcome back to the Thematic Podcast. My name is Daniel Hunt, and this is Craig Brown, or otherwise known as Downtown Craig Brown. You definitely have a, <laughs> a cool radio voice, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, welcome to season three of the Thematic yes. Podcast, where we are making theology automatic. Automatic. Yeah. At least we're attempting to. We're yeah. answering all kinds of questions and uh, trying to address them on the spot, in the moment, in mm -hmm. a way of like, well, what does our theology tell us? What is automatic to us? What yeah. do we know? What do we not know? Do we need to dive in and research more? Mm -hmm. uh, last episode was fun because we had probably the most disagreement out of any episode so far. So if you mm -hmm. missed that one, go check it out. Yeah. And if you missed season one or season two, go check it out. It's yeah. been good stuff. We're answering people's questions. And today's question comes from actually an Instagram DM. I believe this person also left the same question on a video, probably on Instagram. But uh, this comes from Steven from Instagram, and he says this, I'm pursuing a call in full-time youth ministry. Hmm. Do you have any advice that you could share to help me with my calling? And then I'll add on top of that, just to expand it to more of an audience, what can we, what do we know about calling and people pursuing yeah. their calling in the kingdom in general? Yeah, good. And, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that. how might it help, uh, you know, yeah. other people. So yeah. So, um, thanks for the question, Steve. Amazing question, Craig. I think this episode, you're probably going to spend a lot of time answering this because you're in the throes of really walking out your calling. And I think we should make a distinction between, you know, we don't need to belabor it, but we need to make a distinction between like the your personal calling the offices and you know the the different functions of ministry and how to distinguish which one of those you fit into mm -hmm. and can you have a calling outside of that that would be a good in, interesting like additive i think um but both of us were youth pastors for many years i was a youth pastor for i don't know eight i think eight years in olympia washington and i've got some consequences that could be wisdom for you, things that I paid for <laughs> with my, you know, time and some peace and I grew through that I could share. Um, but I'm curious from your perspective, um, what do you think was the, how did you know that you were being called into ministry? Like what was the thing that made you know? Well, I'd like to take it a step uh, further back or higher uh, before we dive into that. Can I? Can we have a bigger conversation real quick? And I do believe in calling. I because okay. I I talked about it in an yeah, episode. Yeah, I do too. Season. By the way, so I believe in a personal calling. But maybe the step further back would be: Is there? Do you agree that there's there's a general calling on all, all Jesus followers? Yeah, for sure. It's so, called the Great Commission. Yeah, things like the Great Commission, things like love God, love your neighbor, things like that. Yeah. Okay. So you. So you. So then, okay, so one step lower then is, do you believe that, so there's all these things that every believer should do, should do generally speaking, because you have the Holy Spirit in you. Yeah, for sure. Do you think that there's action-oriented things in terms of, quote-unquote, ministry that every Jesus follower should do? Yeah. Okay. I do. So make disciples of all nations, you think that applies to every Be believer, ready not just a missionary season. or a pastor? Yes, correct. Yeah. So preaching the gospel? 
Um, yeah, we would need to help people understand what preach the gospel means. Um, okay. but yes, uh, or, or, or okay. maybe a better word is be ready in and out of season to share, to give a reason, to, to give yeah. a reason. Yeah. So, be, a, be a witness or give testimony mm-hmm. to what God's done in you. Yeah, correct. So maybe in a sense, every believer should be willing to speak about Jesus, but that does not mean that every believer is going to have the gift of teaching on a stage in front of a group of people. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So there's. There's a number of things that do do. Well, I have a question now that you brought that up. Do you believe that every believer fits into the functions of the fivefold ministry? I do not believe that every believer is the fivefold. Now we better clarify that for people. Yeah. So the fivefold comes from the book of Ephesians. Ephesians uh-huh. Well, and in, but kind of succinctly in Ephesians. It says that God has given some, some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and sh- teachers, teachers, teachers. <laughs> My teacher didn't do a good job. <laughs> and I needed a better teacher. Teachers and shepherds. Those are the five: apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, and shepherd. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why I don't think that every believer necessarily has one of those giftings, I do believe that every believer has gifts and should have fruit of the Holy Spirit, but mm. is because it says that that God gave some, some to be these five in order to do something, mm. in order to equip the church for the, for the work, work of, of the, the ministry. ministry. Mm-hmm. And so the church being every, you know, everybody. So I just love that scripture because it shows the strata, if you will. I don't mean higher and lower. I mean the distinction between there's five fold ministers that have certain gifts and offices and roles that are given to shepherd the people who are doing the actual work of the ministry, which also means that like you as a, just a normal believer have a work of ministry to be done. And I actually believe that was planned out in advance for you to do that. You might walk in it. Yeah. Cause that's also an Ephesians. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. God created yeah. you for good work. So good. I'm just glad we make a distinction. Now I do think, yeah, I mean, I do think that there's differing levels, not in a, again, hierarchical or weird way, but I do, I do think that like, say for example, in a sense, every believer is a shepherd kind of in the sense of probably almost every single believer has some form of influence over somebody else in a degree, but Mm -hmm. not your shepherd as in your call is to lead yeah right or you have some ability to teach something teach your kids right so but that those five are more in an official way callings on your life to operate in as official in the true sense and it's it's an office almost or office ordained by the the holy spirit yeah yes so okay so every believer has general things callings that a ways to live how to be mm-hmm. every believer has callings of actions to take especially in regards to building the kingdom correct now getting deeper into more of the real question how does one de- discern their personal like the signature of god on their life calling mm. that's not universal that like between you and i we have eight out of 10 things that are yeah. the same or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's a few ways that we're really distinct. Like you're really gifted in business and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're also really good in preaching <laughs> and teaching. <laughs> like, 
so like, but yeah, so, so for me, so you asked me a question about me discerning my calling. Right. Um, so the question asker was like, do you have any advice? Because this Steven, this person is seeking, they believe they have a call for full-time youth ministry, I believe was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is where I start to struggle with it because on the one hand, I know that I was called. Like, I don't, I just don't think you could convince me that, that I didn't receive a special call and not special in the sense that I'm more special than somebody else, but special a in unique the sense that it was call unique to me to, to give my life full time to ministry. But I struggle with that because also as a pastor, I, I don't feel compelled to convince everybody out there they're not called and I am, hmm. I can feel compelled to do the opposite, to convince the world, the normal believer, the everyday, I just show up to church believer to convince them, you do have a call on your life and it's, mine's not more special than you. And so I don't know how to live in that tension because I know that I was called to do something special for God, but I also want to convince every believer that they, and so maybe the distinction is in just what the callings are, Hmm. But I also, I don't believe that every, every believer is supposed to work vocationally full-time mm -hmm. in a church mm -hmm. or whatever. So I, I'm, I wrestle with this subject Yeah, and, and, and how it really plays out in everybody's life. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It makes sense a lot. It's, it's, um, would it be fair to say that be the calling that you've accepted is to be one of the people in the fivefold ministry helping other saints get equipped for the work of the ministry so that your drive is to help convince them that they are yeah to be doing the work in the ministry so it makes yeah, sense yeah i think so the other and thing i do think that i i am yeah like by way of the fivefold uh, a teacher yeah or a prophet yeah um but actually now that i'm thinking about you you are actually a really good uh case study here because hmm. I know for a fact that you believe and, and feel called that the most important thing that you can do is to spread the gospel. The gospel, right? yeah. I mean, I love God, of course, but other than loving God, glorifying him and enjoying him forever, mm -hmm. uh, that as far as actionable things on this planet, but vocationally, you're in full-time business, yeah, busy business. Super busy. Right? Yeah. And you're you're working day in and day out on creating products and selling things that aren't explicitly building yeah. the church or the kingdom. And yet I know that the overarching umbrella of your life is, yeah, but all of that or anything that I do is to feed the more important calling, which is building the kingdom of God. Yeah. So, yeah. So why not you, I want to hear from you <laughs> yeah. because like you're the one, you're one that, I would say in a in the ministry sense probably has a more closer call to mine yeah. of full-time quote unquote full-time ministry yeah. and yet in this season you're you're doing more full-time yeah. business with your time in your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like how do those two things correlate? Well, that's a really good question. I think my answer is going to it's crazy. <laughs> so I believe that when you're called in full-time ministry, it's not being called to a paycheck. Mm -hmm. I really believe it's being called to a life of faith that will be in some moments 
filled with lack so that you might deepen your dependence on the King of Kings. And sometimes it's called the seasons of prosperity and connection and opportunity like you've never imagined. And you're never to depend on either state. You uh-huh. will never be permanently in lack. You'll never be permanently like, it, you know, in just absolute prosperity. You will, your reward as someone in full-time ministry is to be dependent on the King. That actually is the reward. Mm-hmm. That closeness with him. Mm-hmm. I had both. Like the Levites. 100%. They didn't get certain material they didn't, things. Yeah, they didn't get. their portion was the Lord. Come on. Yeah. So, Stephen, <laughs> get ready. Because I think a American expression of vocational ministry might not necessarily be the only biblical expression of full-time ministry. I don't think it's extra biblical or wrong the way that we have it, just for the record. But there are people in China who are called the full-time ministry privately building underground churches. There are no paychecks involved. Of course. It is like my life is on the line every day. No, but... I mean, I, there's probably a few, but I don't think most people think, well, if I get paid for it, it's valid. So I'm making so, the distinction of what I what I believe a full-time calling is, is that you will give your time and your talents and your complete attention to building the kingdom God's way. We have some structures written up in the epistles that we can follow, right? We would call it the New Testament church. You'll hear that a lot, mm-hmm. right? Acts 2.42 is a great scripture to go to to see what it was like when the church was like en fuego. Like you couldn't stop it. It was just on fire. Mm-hmm. Like it was move. It was outpacing political leaders, outpacing borders of countries. Like it right. just went around the globe couldn't because you couldn't stop it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was in a, a time where the church was really oppressed, but it was so grassroots. It was really, really... I think there are many Christians who wish for those times, but they don't really 100% know what they're wishing for at the, on the other hand, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, under Nero and persecution. Yeah, and, for yeah, sure. That's good things. Yeah. yeah bad things. You got, you got to know what you, you yeah. are and believe. So, yeah. so I believe the full-time call, Stephen, if you're feeling it, it is, um, it is to leave all of life's obligations behind and pursue only Jesus with your full time talent and attention. Do I believe I'm pursuing Jesus with my whole heart? Yes. What he's asked me or what I feel like he's asked me to do is to try to build wealth and business connections because I believe the church proper needs wealth and fuel and those kinds of things. And that's my role in it right now. For a time, it was to be a shepherd, but that is not the time or season that I'm in. Yeah. So you, you feel that this is not just a season that's a pause where you're not you you believe that you working in business and building wealth for the kingdom to support other people's calling is your calling yes yeah i think i'm earmarked for something i don't believe i'm special i believe that um, anyone, so the Bible talks about the potter and it's his right to use us however he wants to use it. And that's his sovereignty. And I completely agree with that. It's scriptural, but make no mistake. If you're earmarked for special use, you're going to be in the fire a whole bunch because pots that are made for common use, they only have to go in the kiln one time, but 
pots for special use. They go in once to get their structure, then they have glazes and they're back in the fire and then they're scrubbed and sanded and glazed and put back in the fire. I mean, you're going to have a life of abrasion and fire and challenge if you're for special use. Mm -hmm. Just, just know that that's part of it. I believe I'm earmarked for that, not because I chose it. And I don't know if there's any pride in it at all. It's, it's difficult in its own way, Mm -hmm. but nonetheless, here we are. And I hope I have the maturity to embrace it and go with it and to wait patiently in the times that I'm in the fire and to wait patiently when I'm on the wheel and God's hands are personally shaping me because I'm just not quite right yet. So, so Mm. full-time ministry, like I really believe it's important to make the distinction of like, I'm called to be a youth pastor. Maybe. (laughs) maybe my answer is crazy because like, is you, is youth pastor a thing? Right. It's a thing here. But, but Stephen, my challenge to you is like, ask God what, what Craig asked himself, which is a beautiful question. God, what did you uniquely design me to do? Because if you find that you will find true happiness. Yeah. That's good. And, um, and it's not a non-answer. That's my real answer. (laughs) I would also add, especially in our culture, I agree with you, the American or Western church culture, um, there are certain, let's say, benefits that go with certain roles Mm -hmm. that started as being, oh, that's like, that's cool frosting, but if you're not careful, the frosting can become the thing that somebody chases. And what I mean Mm -hmm. is this. I've talked to a lot of people that like, they're like, oh man, I want to have your job because it looks fun or it, like yeah. they see the parts that they see and they don't see the parts that they don't see. And they think, you know, what they want is the attention on the stage or to just be able, you know, hang, hang out with students and play video games or like whatever the, the thing, this, the fringe benefit of the job, but, but the heart of the job they don't maybe actually have like, you know, when somebody says, Oh man, I want to, I want to preach. And then I ask them like, yeah, like when's the last time that you, you know, shared the with message the person with, the grocery store. with just one person or like, yeah, with your small group. Well, no, I haven't, but I really feel like God gave me a message for the stage. And it's like, nope. see the problem is, <laughs> yeah. Like you might be totally genuine, but nine times out of 10, if that's your attitude, it's like, you're feeling drawn to something from the stage mm-hmm. that is not the main purpose of the stage. 100%. Because if your heart burned to share the gospel, you couldn't you, be stopped. You would do that with the one person Come in your on. small group. You you would tell somebody before asking to get on the stage. Yep. And then the stage is is the next natural step from the fact yeah. that you're sharing in secret. Yeah. Come not, on. Not, you know. And so, um, you know, when I'm talking to people like, hey, like Stephen, I would just ask you this. Like, when you say you're feeling like called to youth ministry, I would say, can you, if you ask yourself genuinely, if nobody ever paid you a cent to do it, would you be like, I still have to? Yep. That's a sure sign of calling. Yes. I have to. I agree. Um, because like for me, at least experientially in my life, man, I was a caddy, restaurant server, barista, sold cars. Oh, you know, lots of jobs. Whatever I couldn't not do the calling though. Yeah. When I eventually got paid 
to do the calling, that was just, wow, cool. But whether they paid me or not, I was going to keep doing it because it's my calling. That's exactly so, my story. Too. Yeah. I'd say like- I applied for a job at a church three times, didn't get the job, but I knew the Lord called me to go be the youth pastor to this one particular church. And the Lord told me after three times applying and not getting a job, he said, I didn't tell you you're going to be paid for it. So I went and I started volunteering 40 hours a week. 40? 40. 40. Full time. Yeah. And within a year, I was the youth pastor. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So so you do it without the money. Right. You do it because it pours out of you. You're a sure sign of calling is it's so wrapped up right. in your gift mix and who you're built to be that you can't personally contain it. Right. It can be directed and honed and matured for sure. You're not out of control, crazy person, but there's so much in you, you can't stop it. That's a sure sign. Yep. I agree. Um, and then, yeah, going from there, I would say, you know, find mentors, yeah, um, trusted people in your community of faith to ask them, like validate. Yeah. And, you know, you got to be careful with that because there's a lot of people that are going to discourage you. Like Craig Rochelle tells this story. Yeah. Have you ever heard his story about how he got turned down? multiple times he preached a sermon and and uh i think his first sermon he ever preached some lady walked up to that him. was the worst sermon yeah ever like <laughs> really good try this is not your calling yeah, yeah and then a, yeah, really yeah, good like, try this was this your calling. is clearly not your calling like it was yeah. a foregone conclusion like yeah well obviously that's not your like what you're called to do and and then even like the board of whatever the group that chooses people that are going to be ordained was yeah. like yeah this isn't for you you know and yeah, so like there's going to be a lot of haters along the road and some of them are even, you know, yeah. well-intentioned and they're trying their best to discern. So you just really have to, you know, what's the Holy Spirit asking you to do? What burns in you? What are you going to commit to doing, whether you get paid or not? And then and then do have some people around you that can walk with you and, mm -hmm. and verify. Like I've had people verify I'm not a good singer. Like I'm tone deaf, so I'm hmm. not... You know, disagree, man. But I want to be on that worship team. Yeah, but just sing a joyful noise to the Lord. You know, but yeah. you don't need to. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to be a leader in that sense. Yeah, but I am another. No, no, I agree with that. I think your gift mix should align for sure with the role or office. That's a good indication because God plans good works in advance for you to do, and He puts things in you and then desires uh, to help you get to that place. I will say I wanted to tag on to when you said like surround yourself with good counsel, but also you know, balance it. Some, there are a handful of people, honestly, Craig, I think you're kind of one of them, um, who God is doing this thing where he's giving us a new wine, but he can't put it in the old wineskin, or it will burst and we'll lose both. There's a new expression of the Holy Spirit. There's new technology on the planet. There's new things happening that I think if you had, you did surround yourself with good people and they were great and everyone's been very supportive, but if you didn't have that, there would have been an opportunity for you to, to get discouraged and not want to go do the next steps that you're being called because no one's ever seen it before. Yeah. People don't have an archetype for it. They're like, and right now in Western church, it's like, oh, if you're a young pastor or want to be a pastor and you've got a lot of horsepower and can do a lot of work, you're the youth pastor. That's what you are. My encouragement to you, Stephen, is to be like, you find out what makes, what God put in you that makes you tick and brings you joy. And you hang on to that and you never let it go. Yeah. And you let God hone it and mature it and certainly apply for jobs. And if youth is what is in your heart, certainly apply for those things. 
but never lose that center because God needs people of distinct and unique Mm. properties to bring his spirit to bear on all cultures and every country to every age group. That's my two cents. So my advice is just, you got to go deep in order for you to, to get to where you want to go. Beautiful. Well, do you have any final thoughts? No, that's it. Well, let me just loop back to a passage that um, Daniel touched on earlier, Ephesians 2.10. He says that you were created in Christ Jesus. The word is poema. It's like where we get our word poem, poem right? Beautiful. It's like a masterpiece. masterpiece <laughs> yeah. God created every one of us as a masterpiece. Mm. And then he it says this, that he prepared good works in advance that we should walk in them. And so your call is there's a universal call that we all have, but then there's special callings upon your life that's different than me or Daniel or Mm -hmm. Billy Graham or your grandma or whoever, your pastor. But but there is something and what I like to call a divine design in you from God. It begins with identity. It doesn't begin with your action and what you can do. It begins with identity and relationship. But then out of identity and relationship flows action and things opportunity. to opportunity put, yeah. something to put your hand to to work at come on and that that would be an overflow of the way that god designed you and there's there's gonna be blessing and grace when you operate yep. in in the things that god's called you to do so um if you don't know what that is and and take what we said today and and but pursue it like lean into it pray mm-hmm. for it and and seek god to discern what it is and then start walking in it because there's there's blessing and it's a good thing to walk in the and, good works that God prepared for you. And one last little bit of advice because the question was any advice, here's something. Begin to declare it. Start to speak it. Once you discover what it is, even if it's just like like um, sort of a, a form of what you think, like maybe you don't know how well you'll walk it out, but you might say something like this if you're Craig. I am designed by God to be a digital missionary, to use any platform possible to bring the reality of God and encourage people to a reasonable response. That is what I was born for, right? Close? Yeah, yeah close. Yeah. Right? Um, I have phrases that I say, like, I really believe there is nothing more important in life. And the only reason my heart is beating is to purvey the gospel to other people. That's it. The gospel is all that matters. Hmm. And so begin to declare that because you will start to see that your words have creative power truly. And instead of just applying for jobs, you're going to start attracting opportunities and people that are like-minded that go, no, no, I'm on the same mission. And really this, this, this opportunity will, you'll find it in community. You'll never find it outside of community. It'll be within it somehow. So beautiful. Yeah. Well, hope that helps Steven and anybody else that's looking for uh, (laughs) guidance on your calling. And thanks for joining us here on season three of the Theomatic Podcast. If you would uh, leave a comment and leave a review on whatever platform you're getting this on. And would you share this with a friend? That's the best way to get this out to help more people. So we'll see you next time. Thank you.